Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Life 101. I'm your host, Jay Jones Sr. How's everybody doing this fine Monday morning? First and foremost, I'd like to say welcome to Chris McKeegan, my new tech in the booth who's going to make me sound good. And I want you guys to know he's a pretty decent fella. How's everybody's weekend been? And as always, I like to start off by dedicating this show to the love of my life, Miss D. Williams, who in July will become my wife, and to my two wonderful children, Jay Jones II, and my daughter, Natalia Desiree, who's about to graduate high school and become a college freshman. My, how time flies. People, if you don't take advantage of it now, it'll be too late. Because just yesterday, I was changing my daughter's diapers, and now we're figuring out what school she's going to go to. Make the most of that time together, and believe me, your words matter to your children. Never waste an opportunity to let them know that they are loved. Hug your children. Smother them with affection, because the world's going to do everything but. And if you don't give your children love at home, guess what? They're going to go somewhere out in the street and find it. And the streets love no one. So once again, take the time. Be in your children's life. Be a positive influence because there's nothing greater. As you always hear me say, parenting is the hardest job that you'll ever do. But it's also the most rewarding because children are our footprints. Children are our proof positive that we were here. And if you teach your children to love, if you teach your children to care, if you teach your children compassion, they'll teach their children and so on and so on. And this will make the world a much better place because as you always hear me say that occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue You can tell he wasn't taught anything but loving himself and hatred of his fellow man. And that's that's not the way to be, people. That is not the way to be. You know, I was driving into the studio and I was asking myself, why am I always so at peace? Well, for one reason, I pray. I thank God for everything that's in my life and I listen to a lot of music, soothing music, old school music, nice jazz, you know, like Grover Washington Jr., George Benson, you know, Al Jarreau, Patti LaBelle, Luther Vandross, just easy music, music that talks about love, like The Whispers and Tavares. I mean, we've gotten away from all of that. I mean, it's okay to think about loving and making love, but just sometimes you want to be at a just peaceful state of mind and good music will put you there. Now, maybe soft jazz and easily listening music isn't your thing. Maybe you like a little hard rock or a little metal. Whatever is going to put you in your frame of peace, use it and do it. Because at the end of the day, only you can really regulate you. You know, I always wake up being thankful. Seriously, people, I always do because there are a lot of people that went to bed last night but didn't wake up this morning. You know, uh, my brother, my late brother Tyrone, that happened to him. He went to sleep and he he didn't wake back up. 
So I'm always thankful to be alive, no matter what problems, no matter how bad I may be feeling the night before, because the way I look at it, each day that God allows you to wake up breathing is another day that you have to correct whatever went wrong the day before. You know, I mean, and you need to be thankful for the most mundane of things, the things that you take for granted, like having a roof over your head, like living in a safe environment, like having heat and water and lights and gas. I mean, food in your refrigerator, in your cabinets, shoes on your feet, clothes on your back. There is so much to be thankful for. You know, I'm thankful that my 13-year-old cars start up when I need them to start up. I'm thankful that, you know, if they don't start up, I have the means to get them fixed where they will. I mean, when you're thankful for the little things, that's when you'll be blessed with the big things. I mean, yes, sure, your na- your neighbor may drive a Mercedes or a BMW, but you be thankful for your little Chevette or your Pinto, and maybe one day you'll be blessed to have a Mercedes or, or a Beamer. But if you complain about what you don't have instead of being thankful for what you do have, then you're never going to be blessed. Seriously, I mean, it took me a long time to come to that because believe it or not, yeah, you may see your neighbor driving a Mercedes and another neighbor driving a Beamer, but you don't know the sacrifices and the struggles that they're going to to have what what they have. All that glitters isn't gold, and everyone in some point in their life has had to struggle for whatever they've gotten, unless, of course, they were born with a silver spoon. And sometimes they struggle even the hardest because when mommy and daddy cut them off, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to live. So believe me, people, be thankful, be grateful, because guess what? It can always be worse, always. You know, I've been on a job that I've had for the last 26 years and it's physically demanding. But you know what's even more demanding is finding a warm place to sleep if you don't have a home to live in. So I'm thankful for my job. Be thankful, people. I cannot stress that enough because all you've got to do is turn on the TV. And you know what I do sometimes for a reality check? I drive down. I drive downtown and I come by the uh, welfare building at 17th and Superior, and I look at those people that are out there sleeping on those steam grates and sleeping in in corners and, and sleeping in bus stops. That reminds me each and every time I do it to be thankful for what I have because anyone can be a step away from being homeless and outdoors. So people, I can't stress it to you enough, always, among, I mean, always be thankful. You know, I'm uh, dealing with a little separation anxiety. Today, we're going to look at an apartment for my son. And uh, I've been with him since conception. And uh, yes, he has Asperger's syndrome. But uh, I'm very blessed that it's very mild. He graduated from high school and college. He drives and he takes care. He's very independent. But it's just the fact that, you know, I've wanted him to reach this plateau. But now that it's here, 
you know, I'm feeling a little, little separation anxiety going on. But, you know, it's like I tell D, he can't live with me forever. And at some point, he's going to have to know how to take care of himself. And parents, and I know I'm not the only one, some of us hold on to our adult children. But at some point, you're going to have to make them fly. Because my late mother used to tell us all the time, I'm not going to be here always. And I used to wonder why she would be drilling that into us, but making us learn how to cook and making us learn how to take care of ourselves, making us learn how to do our laundry. I mean, when my siblings and I became teenagers, my mother would tell us, I will cook for my husband and my younger children, but you teenagers, you have to go in there and cook for yourself. She said, I'll, I'll wash my husband's clothes and my baby children's clothes. But you teenagers, you got to go to the laundromat. You got to take care of it yourself. And now that I'm, I'm an adult, I am so thankful because, you know, I was in the Navy with guys that didn't know how to separate their socks. <laughs> I would, I mean, when we finally got out of boot camp and we were really on our own again, some guy, I seen more guys with pink t-shirts <laughs> because they didn't know how to take care of themselves. Long story short, at some point we do have to make our children be accountable. At some point we do have to teach them to take care of themselves. You know, I, I've often noticed the mother bird. She'll teach her she'll teach her little chicklets how to build a nest, how to forage for food, and how to protect themselves. And then at some point she just takes them and drops them out the nest. And it, it, either you're gonna fly or you're gonna die. That's that's the long and the short of it. And this is how I'm like I say, dealing with the fact that we're going apartment looking today for my son. It's it's kind of surreal. You you want those things, but then again, you don't. And I've always told him, son, it's not fair to you. You know, it, it would be perfect if you stayed here with me, but it wouldn't be fair to you. Because when my wife passed away 10 years ago, he was my rock. I could lean on him. And he helped me with my daughter. And I often tell him, you helped me raise your little sister. And uh, now it's time for him to have his own adventure. And while I'm having misgivings about it, I'm excited for him. Because the one thing I always tell people about my children, they're a lot smarter than I am because they listened. When I was their age, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> but believe me, parents, your children do listen. And the lessons really do come back when they're on their own because they start asking themselves when they're about to bump their head, what would mom do? What would dad do? So go ahead. It's okay to let them leave the nest. You're going you're gonna to hurt for a little while. You're going to have anxiety because Lord knows I'm going through it now. But you know what? It's going to be better for them, and they will appreciate you for that. <laughs> oh, and one other thing I, I have to say that you've heard me say before, give people their flowers while they can smell them. You know, don't wait to too late to let a person know that you loved them, you cared about them, because they won't be able to hear you when they're stretched out in that casket. You know, I 
in the last five years, I've lost three siblings. I lost uh, one older brother in 2015. I lost the oldest brother in 2018. And I lost a sister in 2019. And the one thing that kind of gives me peace is the fact that the last thing they ever heard me say to them was, I love you. And any, any, any petty, any, any petty feuds or anything like that was all squashed and forgiven because you know something people at the end of the day, when you're holding a grudge against a person, you're giving them power over you. You're, you're letting them rent space in your mind because nine times out of 10, they don't even know, nor do they care that you're still mad at them. They've gone on to another victim. So the way you make them powerless over you is very, very simple. I forgive you. You can forgive and you can always foul it in your mental Rolodex. But when you allow people who have wronged you, if you hold on to it and hold on to it, you're putting shackles on your own self. You're not allowing your own self to fly. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, don't give people that power. Don't don't let petty feuds and petty disagreements make you miss out on things because that's what you do. You're missing out on life. You're missing out on laughter. And nine times out of 10, when you do release that person from the hole that they have on you, it shocks them. It does more damage. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Romans 12, 20 where it says, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If your enemy thirsts, give him something to drink. For as you're doing so, you're heaping hot coals on their head. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And it is the truth. And I'm a spiritual person, so you're going to hear me many a times make references to God because that's how I keep my peace. That's how I keep my center. And that's how I, I can go on through each day. But that is one of my favorite passages because it's true. When you're being nice to someone that's wronged you, while they may be thinking that, oh, you're a klutz, you're a dumb, you're a dumb rump, you're actually setting them up. You know, my brother once told me, he said, little brother, he said, don't wish bad on that brother that wronged you. Pray for him. Pray that God has mercy on him because when he gets his comeuppance, it's going to be something to see. I remember telling you guys a long time ago, there was a woman when my mother first gave her life to Christ that just used to antagonize my mother to no end. And my mother had a volatile temper. <laughs> And she didn't take no stuff. And we kept wondering, why hasn't mom boxed this lady's ears? And my mother would say, you know, I'm just going to let the Lord handle it. And one day, this lady, she picked on the wrong lady's children. And she got drugged from one end of the street to the other. This lady beat her down. And my mother stood right there on the front porch she say, see, I told you I was going to let the Lord handle it. I didn't have to lift a finger, but I stood there and watched her get oiled. And now I understand what she means. You don't have to do anything. You know, when I see youngsters out in the street, 
I always tell them, I said, you young bucks, y'all be careful out here. And I say, you ain't no sucker because you walk away from BS. And they'll turn around and look at me. You already know old school. And that's something else we've got to do, people. We got to stop looking down our nose at our youth because a lot of them have, have had no guidance. A lot of them are being raised by people who want to be their friends instead of their parents. So we got to take the time to help them along in this lifetime because there are a lot of people out here who are dead, who are in jail, who are in the hospitals, all because they couldn't say all to hell with this and walk away. Seriously, sometimes you just have to walk away because at the end of the day, most arguments and fights are over the most stupidest of things. For example, D and I, we're in the grocery store yesterday. And you know how when the grocery store is crowded, they'll continue to open cashier lines. And the one lady said, sir, ma'am, uh, we're going to open on this register. And I started to go down to the other, other line. But D was in a conversation with the woman that was in front of us. So we decided to stay. Now, this man was right behind us, was about to run D over with his cart. And I'm a chivalrous kind of guy. No, you can't bother my baby now. And now I'm five feet 10 and I weigh about 220 pounds. And this guy was about five, four. And I outweighed him by a good 40 or 50 pounds. And I'm like, sir, you're about to run into my fiance. And he started mouthing off about, well, you got out of the line and, and now you're trying to cut back in front of me. And the woman we were talking to, she told him, no, sir, that's not true. You, uh, they've been here all along. We were talking and he kept on huffing and puffing. So finally I said, well, look, sir, I'll tell you what, why don't you get in front of me? And the woman we were talking to said, and you can get in front of me as well, because we don't want this bad karma on us. So he finally just walked away, huffing and puffing. And do you know the funny thing? Another cashier opened the line up, tapped me on the shoulder and said, come right over here. We'll take you at this register. Sometimes you got to just don't don't even let it don't even let it come to a boil. Some people are just mad at life and they want you to be mad at life as well. And, you know, the funny thing is when he walked away huffing and puffing, I said, sir, you have a nice day. You know what I'm saying? Because. You can't argue if you don't have anybody to argue with. You know, that that's the thing. You can't argue if there's no one to argue with. That's why walk away. Ignore a person. It's hard. Human nature, you 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 don't want to you, you want to put somebody in their place. But sometimes give it over to a higher power. Because things always, and I mean they always have a way of working out. And it would have it, it it wouldn't have been worth it to get into a scuffle over a place in line. That that's one of those senseless things that you can get hurt about. You know, it, it's some things you just you got to be a duck, let it roll off your back. <laughs> Serious business, you know. D and I have been uh, planning our wedding, and it just wow! It, it's I'm just so overwhelmed. 
and all that goes into it. You've got to get the church. You've got to get the reception hall. You've got to think about flowers, cakes, music, the dinner menu, photographers, you know, uh, tuxedo, tuxedo for me and her bridal gown. And it's it's overwhelming, but it's kind of fun. You know, I told D, I say this is the last wedding, God willing, I'm going to have. So let's do it. And it's just all the work that goes into it. But you know what? When you found that one person that, that you think alike, when you found that one person who you would rather be with than anything else in the world, you have indeed been blessed and put them on lockdown. You know, I always grew up hearing my mom tell my stepfather, what you won't do for me, someone else will. And it's true, fellas. There are a lot of bennies that are waiting around to do all the things that you wouldn't do. And ladies, there's a Jennifer somewhere waiting to do all the things you wouldn't do either. And we're not just talking the physical. See, a lot of people mistake physicality with a relationship, but physicality is is merely a, a tenth. It's relationships are more mental. People want to be around people that help them out, that make them feel good. Me, myself, I have to have a strong woman. I like a strong woman because iron sharpens iron. And you've often heard me say this as a man, I don't know everything. So I need someone that can go toe to toe with me and tell me that, why don't we do it like this? And, and, and usually it works. You know, when you hear a man out in public saying yes, dear, to his significant other, that's a very smart man. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because he's nipping it in the bud. And what I've learned also, we as men, we're more emotional. We go with how we're feeling at that moment. Whereas a woman is more practical where we'll go into a showroom and we'll see that Camaro Z28 convertible with the, with the five speed in it. And we're like, I want it. I want it. I want it. Whereas the wife is thinking, okay, we need something safe for the kids. We need to haul groceries, et cetera, et cetera. We need something that's going to be good in the wintertime. So she's going to look at that SUV or that crossover and you're like, ah, but that looks so wimpy. That don't look like nothing. Until you're in that Z28 in the wintertime and you're stuck somewhere. <laughs> and, and then that woman's driving by you in the crossover vehicle waving. Hello, how you doing? You know, we, we, we do. We have to learn to listen to our significant others. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of these TV shows where they tout the machismo and He-Man and all of that. But a real man listens to his woman. He acquiesces because, fellas, I will tell you, if you have a real woman, the one thing she's not going to do is lead you astray. She's not going to do anything that's going to harm the situation. That means us. You know, I'm reminded of a story. My late wife. I said, baby, do we have money for beer? She said, no. I said, dang. I need gas too. She said, hold on one second. 
She went in the room, closed the door, came back out, and handed me a $50 bill. And I said, I thought you said we didn't have any money. She said, I don't have any money for beer, but I got money for gas so you can go to work. So put some gas in your car, get you a six-pack, and I know how much gas your car takes. <laughs> and bring back my change. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What I'm trying to say, fellas, is you're not soft. You're not a wuss. You're not a wimp because you acquiesce to your woman, because you listen to her. That shows that you have strength. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. The brothers that you hear walking around woofing, huffing, and puffing about, you know, when I say jump, she knows how high to jump and all of that. Newsflash, he's washing dishes with a frilly apron on that says kiss the cook. Yes, indeed. He may huff and puff outdoors, but when he gets home, he's as docile as a baby deer. Don't believe the hype. And, and believe it or not, if that's not the case, he's probably alone. Ask him, what's your girlfriend's name? Oh, I'm not with nobody right now. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing I'm trying to tell you people. How can somebody give you advice about your situation when they don't have anyone themselves? <laughs> There's an old saying, the best boxers are always outside the ring. <laughs> don't, don't be in a hurry to listen to someone because you'll be in that boat just like them. Misery loves company all day long, people. And guess what? I don't want no company with nobody's misery. <laughs> For real, for real. You know, the weather was so nice yesterday. It was so nice. And we, we, we like I said, we were out shopping yesterday. So we stopped at the park on our way home. And just, we went down to the lake. And, and it was just so beautiful. And what I really enjoyed was seeing kids playing. I enjoyed seeing kids outside riding bikes and whatnot. Because uh, most kids... They won't go outside. My two children have it bad. I have to create a chore for them for, before they'll go outside and get some air. I'll tell them, go outside, rake the front yard, rake the backyard, just so they'll get outside and get some air. Because most of our children prefer the computer screen or the TV screen. And we're creating a nation of couch potatoes. I mean, when I was younger, and this was before all this internet and all this stuff, we were outside as soon as, soon as the temperature was warm enough. Hell, we even went outside in the wintertime to play. <laughs> I mean, kids today, I mean, we climbed trees, we climbed fences, we, we played football, we, we ran, we exhausted ourselves. And believe it or not, our parents wanted that, especially during the summer. Do your chores. Go outside. So when you came in the house, you went to bed. Parents loved it. Now we're raising a, ge a, a generation of couch potatoes, and we better stop it because it's been a proven fact when you're inactive, you slow down everything in your body. You know, you, you gain weight. You know, you develop diabetes. I mean, you develop all kinds of conditions. So I guess what I'm trying to say, long story short, people, Get up, move around, do some things, enjoy life. My my soon-to-be 86-year-old mother-in-law will get in the wind in a heartbeat. 
<laughs> when the weather's nice, she gets in her car and she's gone. She, you know, she, and that's true. Move, move it or lose it. You know, a lot of people I've noticed a lot of people retire and then they're gone in a year or two because they stop moving around. They stop being active. Me, I'd go crazy. If I didn't have anything to do, I, I would go crazy, stir crazy inside a house, just sitting around every day. I'd have to have something to do because I'm an active person by nature. And for the last 26 years, I've worked 12 hour shifts. So to, to go from that to ap doing absolutely nothing, not only would I probably drive D crazy, <laughs> I drive myself crazy. I, I have to find things to do because I'm hyper by nature anyway. And I love being outdoors. I was born in the summer, so I, I like sunshine. I, I love fresh air. And believe it or not, I was so, I thought about, I didn't really want to move back to Cleveland almost 30 years ago. But I love the fact that we appreciate the seasons here. I lived in San Diego, California for five years. And Californians are so indifferent and blasé about the sun. They just, they don't. I mean, I love backyard barbecues. I love going to the park. I love being outdoors. I mean, here in Cleveland, as soon as the weather's nice, people are grilling. They break out their fire pits. I told D yesterday, if I had known that the weather was going to be so nice, I would have fired up the grill in the fire pit. And I mean, it's just the change of seasons. It teaches you how to appreciate life. And that's the whole key to life, people, is appreciate it. Not every day is going to be uh, glory. Not every day is going to be ha, ha, he, he. But still appreciate it. Love life. Live life. Don't mire yourself in drama. Excuse me. Don't listen to he said, she said. Don't, 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 don't. Anything that's going to keep you from flying, don't be a part of it. And, it. and it's a lot easier than you think. Like you've heard me say before, if someone comes to me saying that so-and-so was talking about you, do you want to know what they said? You know, the first thing I tell them is, I don't want to know. Whatever they said, God bless them. Because like I said earlier, you can't argue by yourself. And you can't keep you can't keep the rumor chain going if someone decides to break it. I just figure like this. People are going to talk about you whether you're doing good or bad. So my theory is let them talk about me because I'm doing good, because I am too busy living my life to worry about someone who's not adding anything significant to it. And what I mean by that is something I've always told my children. If they're not paying your bills, buying your groceries, putting clothes on your back, shoes on your feet, to hell to whatever they're saying about you, as long as they don't touch. That's life, people. Live life. Because nine times out of ten, the person that's hating on you really wants to be you. Because, see, it takes courage, it takes guts, it takes moxie to live your life the way you want to live it. The one thing I've always told my children, 
Always do what's best for you. It may not be cool. It may not be popular. But at the end of the day, you've got to do what's best for you. Or something else I like to say, you've got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror before you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning. And I found people that it is so much work being fake and phony and being a perpetrator because you've got to remember every piece of crap, every line, every lie that you have said in your day of perpetrating. That's too much work, people. I am what I am. Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw a guy that I went to middle school with. And he was trying to in involve me in a, in a practice that I don't believe in. And I said, no, man, I don't get down like that. And he said, you know, I forgot you was a straight arrow type brother. And you know what? I wasn't the least bit offended. <laughs> I wasn't the least bit offended at all because you know what? My reputation is still the same. And I was in middle school uh, more years than some of you guys have life. I was in middle school back in uh, 1975 to 1978. So that's been a long time. But for to still be known as someone like that, I am okay with that. I'm okay with that because I stand up for what I believe in and I will not be a party to anyone else's crap. That's just how it is. Label me uncool, label me unpopular, oh well. But at the end of the day, I don't shave with my eyes closed. I can look at myself in the mirror and I'm happy with the reflection that I get. Serious business. And... As always, as I close out, I'd like to give love to Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark of the Body of Christ Assembly, uh, Pastor Wilma Robinson of the Nottingham United Methodist Church, Bishop Jack Spencer, Pastor Emeritus, and his son, Elder Daniel Spencer of the Pilgrim Temple of God. Much love to you all. I thank you much for how you help me do my podcast each week because some of your messages I put into my own words and I bring it out here for you. So what you're saying is being repeated. And as I always said, much love to Miss D. Williams, lady in my life, my future wife, Jay Jones II, Natalia Desiree Jones. Daddy is living and doing his dream. And guess what? You can do yours too. Hard work and perseverance. And a special shout out to the coolest 85-year-old woman I've ever met in my life, Mrs. Rebecca Hogue. Much love to you, mother-in-law. I will see you guys next week. And once again, I'd like to say thanks to Mr. Chris McKeegan for me and my new dude up in here. And you know what? I got an assignment for you before I sign off. Hit me on Mr. J, that's M-I-S-T-E-R-J-A-Y. Look for the Burgundy 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville, and then you'll know you're on my page. Why don't you tell me what you're thankful for? Hit me up, y'all, and I'll see you next week. Much love to you one and all. Peace. <laughs>